Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Live from the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. America's favorite late night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Welcome to the program. If you want to give us a call, 833-482-5337. We'll be taking your calls throughout the evening, and of course, in the third and final hour of the program, it's open phone, America, and I'm looking forward to having everybody across the country weigh in on everything that matters to them. And of course, today we're going to talk about What's going on with Joe Biden? He's always in, in all sorts of heat, and there's a talk now about a potential subpoena from the House Oversight Committee. We'll have a member of Congress joining us a little bit later to break that down for us. Of course, we're going to get into this new trend. It's called gray divorce. That's when you're older than 50 and you get divorced. And most people think, you know, if you get divorced, it's in the first few years, 10 years, you know, you just don't quite match and whatever, and people get divorced. Well, Uh, Apparently, gray divorce is on the rise. It's a new trend, and we're going to find out what's going on with that a little bit later as well. And we're also going to talk about the price of cars. It seems like they keep going up and up and up, but there seems to be some people out there that are saying relief is on the way. So we'll get into that as well. But right now, I want to jump into what's going on with... Joe Biden, right? Joe Biden and and his friends in the Democrat Party. Right now, Senator Joe Manchin now is saying that he's uh, seriously considering leaving the Democrat Party uh, prior to the 2024 election. And I think that's an interesting take. Um, Of course, he's the senator from West Virginia. Manchin said earlier today that he's thinking seriously about leaving the Democrat Party and becoming an independent before the 2024 election, I guess, so that he could caucus with, you know, uh, Bernie Sanders. Uh, His quote here, uh, I'm thinking of, I'm I'm thinking seriously, for me, I have peace of mind, basically. Manchin, who uh, previously described himself as an independent Democrat, told West Virginia radio host uh, Hoppy Kershaval, according to The Hill. And this is uh, reported in justthenews.com. And uh, he goes on to say, the brand has become so bad the D brand and the R brand in West Virginia, the D brand, because it's the national brand. It's not the Democrats in West Virginia. It's the Democrats in Washington. And he also said that you've heard me say a million times, I'm not a Washington Democrat. Manchin also said he has been thinking about leaving a Democrat party for quite some time, but he has not made any decisions about his political direction yet. The comments come uh, while there's rumors out there that Manchin will launch a third-party bid for president in 2024, 
Uh, some are saying that would happen under his no labels um, label, <laughs> if you will. So I don't know exactly how that's going to play out. Uh, but that's uh, the big story there with um, with Joe Manchin. Now, on the other side of things, uh, President Trump, uh, he says that the January 6th committee, and again, this is uh, according to Benny Thompson, not just President Trump, has destroyed documents, and he says that's a criminal act. Now, of course, Benny Thompson says that, no, 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 the destruction of these documents, we didn't need them anymore, so we got rid of them. You know, interviews, things like that. You know, what, 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 why should we keep them? Come on, right? That was what Benny Thompson said. Uh, but uh, President Trump differs with him on this because he wants these depositions, these tapes, these uh, transcribed interviews, because people are on the record, uh, many of them under oath. And they're telling a story that could be beneficial to him and his case. And interestingly, how anything that might help Trump, that might help uh, shed light on the truth, that somehow that stuff gets destroyed. Listen to this. And we did something uh, yesterday, you know, now that we have the subpoena power, because we now have subpoena power, all of a sudden the J6 committee, the unselects, I call them, everything was deleted and destroyed. The documents, everything was deleted and destroyed. Uh, that's a criminal act. So all of that stuff, all of that nonsense you watch for a year and a half go on with all Democrats and two so-called Republicans, but they were worse than any of the Democrats, Kinzinger and Cheney, uh, it's all been deleted and gotten rid of. They deleted it because they didn't want anybody to see it because the real answers were there, but they didn't want to report it. Uh, that's incredible. Meanwhile, while Trump is saying that's incredible, and I think he's right, you know, it's funny how um, he, they're trying to put him in jail because he had a conversation with somebody that works for him on his own property about whatever it was. They were, you know, trying to claim that that video was deleted and whatnot, uh, which, which wasn't true. But Clearly, this is um, this is okay, right? Deleting files, destroying files, shredding files, and getting rid of of the taped depositions and and uh, sworn statements and uh, testimony that's under oath. That's not necessary, right? Because we concluded our our January sixth uh, commission hearing, so we're we're good to go. Yeah, I tell you, it's just crazy. Uh, on the flip side, you've got the press trying to get at. President uh, Biden, just to get a little bit of truth out of things here, saying that, you know what, we have questions. And Biden's saying, ah, your questions are lousy. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Peter Ducey. He's at the White House uh, today in the press event, and he decided to ask Biden some questions about Hunter Biden's business associates. Now, Biden wasn't very, very happy to uh, answer those questions, but Peter Ducey does like Peter Ducey does with asking these questions. And Ducey goes to, to Biden and he asks him, he says, hey, there's testimony now where one of your son's former business associates is claiming that you were on speakerphone and talking a lot of business. Biden, I never talk business. I knew you'd have a lousy question. <laughs> And and Ducey says, why is that a lousy question? And Biden says, because it's not true. And that's it. They shut it down right there. I got to tell you, 
it, it's the level of uh, inquiry. I mean, if it's not Peter Ducey, we're not really getting much out of out of uh, out of the press interactions with Biden. And that's just the facts. There's a, you know, a handful of people that are willing to, to ask the questions that need to be asked, but they're just not being asked. And Biden seems to get a pass on a whole lot of things. Now, I know some people are caught up in thinking, you know, Rich, if you would stop criticizing Biden and Hunter and give up your your obsession with um, traditional culture and, and just let the transsexuals do what they want to do. And, you know, these are the criticisms I get online. And if you just let all that go, things would be fine. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's literally just um, this this utopian idea that so many people have that we should live this way. Everybody should do what they want to do. We shouldn't ask any questions. We shouldn't hold people accountable. We shouldn't do anything except just go along and get along, you know, uh, keep our mouths shut and do as we're told. No, sir. No, ma'am. This is America. And in America, we get to we get to do those things. Right. We get to ask questions. We get to push back. We, we get to exercise our liberties and and we also get to subpoena the president of the United States. And again, um, reports are out that that may happen. I haven't heard of it happening just yet, but we're going to get to the bottom of that straight ahead. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right here. I am Rich Valdez. Our number 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. Labor has been always opposed to environmental changes because they think it costs them jobs. It's their future. They're going to build 550,000 electric charging stations all across America. My mom used to say, out of everything bad, something good will come if you look hard enough for it. There's an enormous opportunity. We're growing the economy. We're, in fact, but but it's not enough for us to do. We have to change the whole world's attitude. And right now, Russia and China are very, very difficult partners. That's President Biden talking about the climate change agenda and Russia and China being difficult partners. Uh, But I would say they're a little bit more than uh, difficult partners. I'd say that they are enemies of the United States. And it it fascinates me that he doesn't call them out as such. But I understand uh, sometimes when you're in that position, you have to kind of uh, play it cool and let the diplomats do what they do. But it, it just seems so odd that when you're faced with making money from China, you're faced with, you know, making money from Ukraine, you're making money from all over the place, you may want to take a little bit, a tougher stance, I would imagine, uh, so that people don't think that you're complicit or compromised. But that's Joe El Baboso Biden, our president. And I want to get to the bottom of uh, the news that came out today. Um, Congress is saying, the Oversight Committee, saying that there's a subpoena coming and that they're putting together a case. Uh, They're going to subpoena Joe Biden over his business dealings. And 
This is interesting, right? I haven't seen this one before. And to get to the bottom of it, I want to welcome uh, Congressman Andy Ogles. Welcome, sir. Well, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Let's uh, talk about this. I know that we have been hearing about the, um, you know, not pushing back hard enough that people always, the Republicans need to push harder. And it seems like there's consideration to push harder. Do you think this becomes a reality? Well, you know, first, first, let's be clear. Russia and, and China are the enemy. Uh, there's no mm-hmm. there's no point beating around the bush. And the fact that the Biden uh, administration won't say that is a reflection of the fact that they're compromised. Uh, I do expect that we'll move forward with impeachment. The question is the timeline. Um, uh, for me, in my opinion, and what I'm hearing back home in Tennessee, in my district, is pe- it's go time. People want the impeachment proceedings to start right away. And keep in mind, just around the corner in January is the presidential election. And so we need to get this information, get these facts before the American people so they recognize, realize that this family has sold America out. Folks, we're on with Congressman Andy Ogles, Tennessee's 5th District. And, Congressman, I agree with you that that those are the enemy and we have to call them out as such. I agree with you that Biden uh, is compromised one way or another. Uh, I I'm happy to hear that that you're confident that we'll get to some sort of impeachment, uh, you know, irrespective of, of when it happens, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, but I'm I'm wondering, do, do we will it stem? Do you think it'll, it would stem from the current, um, I guess, willingness that we're hearing for a subpoena of the president? I don't know that. You know, uh, we're going to see the president testify. I would imagine he would, you know, cite privilege and whatnot. But I think it's interesting that that it's happening. The appetite seems to be changing. And, uh, of course, you're one of those Republicans that isn't afraid to fight. Uh, but they're, you know, lamentably, and, and the reality is some of uh, your colleagues, uh, they're a little bit easier, right? They're, they don't they don't take it as um, as you do. And I don't mean to slight anybody, but I think there's some people that are like, well, oh, give them a chance. You know, there's the, the McConnells of the world like in the Senate. And then you have, you know, real fighters like yourself. So do, do you think that there's enough of political will and enough guys like you out there to, to make something happen? Well, I don't think we have a choice. I mean, I think what you've seen with this persecution of Trump, and it's a persecution, not a prosecution, is we now have a two-tier justice system in this country. And we need to reset the table and make it clear to the American people that, you know, we have one justice system. The justice is blind. And so whether you're a a wealthy, powerful Biden or, you know, your average hardworking American, that you're going to be treated equally. And that may sound like a stretch, but we've got to strive and fight for that. Now, I do not expect the Biden, uh, uh, President Biden to testify. Like you said, he'll invoke privilege. But that being said, um, the appetite is there, I think, to impeach the president. It's going to be a tough vote for some Republicans. But look, uh, once the facts are laid out before the American people, the facts, uh, the, the, the evidence is overwhelming. Uh, Joe Biden should not only be impeached once, but maybe a half a dozen times for the crimes that he's committed. Uh, and so we've got to move forward. And, you know, uh, when you look at the, the Iowa caucus, it's roughly 157 days away. The, the clock is not our friend. I mean, we all get busier around Thanksgiving, so you kind of lose a month there. So we need to get this information out there now, not later. And so I personally am one of those loud voices pushing for uh, an impeachment proceeding to start right away. 
Folks, we are on with uh, Tennessee Congressman Andy Ogles, uh, who's introduced articles of impeachment against President Biden and Vice President Harris. And uh, I- I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm thrilled that, that this is a discussion that's happening uh, for a long time. I've been critical of, of those that, that haven't had the will to, to go ahead and do it. So, Congressman, I tip my hat to you. And um, let, let's talk about it. What, what are the um, what are the uh, I guess the counts, the charges that you're uh, alleging in your articles of impeachment? <laughs> oh, we, we don't have that much time uh, to go through all the counts that this guy's <laughs> guilty of. But I mean, I think the two main uh, fundamental uh, pieces of evidence or talking points that you would look at would be the southern border, that uh, this mm-hmm. is an administration that's allowed uh, – the, the number of crossings per month has, has gone up to anywhere between 200 and, and 300,000 people per month. Uh, we, we've caught 250 people on our southern border that are on the terror watch list. Let me say that again. Over 250 people on the terror watch list have been caught trying to come into this country. That is treasonous that with that information, with that being the fact that the situation on the ground that that border isn't secure. And so Mayorkas, who's, who's the Secretary of Homeland Security, I think he should be impeached. But ultimately, the big guy uh, is what he was called, uh, re- referenced to in the emails uh, and, and all of the, the, the monies that were going back and forth. The big guy needs to be impeached. And again, the other side of that situation goes to the money that, you know, there was a kind of a pay-to-play scheme uh, with Biden when he was vice president. People, uh, countries could buy access in particular, uh, the, the prosecutor uh, in Ukraine was investigating Burisma, Burisma being that holding that company that, that Hunter Biden was a part of. Mm-hmm. And Joe, the big guy, demanded that this prosecutor be fired, and he was holding up foreign aid to a tune of a billion dollars until that happened. And so, again, this is literally, in my opinion, the way I view this is he was selling out America's foreign interests on behalf of his son or for the benefit of his son. And that is very much an impeachable offense. So whether the, the border is your number one issue or, or his kind of crimes and misdemeanors against the American people as far as pay to play, uh, either one of those are impeachable. And again, the accounts against Biden, uh, both as vice president and currently as commander in chief, uh, he could he could be impeached over and over and over again. Folks, we're on with uh, Congressman Andy Ogles from Tennessee's 5th District uh, He's in the House of Representatives and has introduced articles of impeachment against President Biden and Vice President Harris. Uh, he laid them out right now. Uh, again, uh, Congressman Ogles serves on the House Financial Services Committee on the National Security, Illicit Finance and International uh, Finance Institutions uh, Committee and the Oversight and Investigations. So um, he's also a member of the House Freedom Caucus and a number of other uh, caucuses. And we're going to continue our conversation with him straight ahead. Um, I'm eager to learn a little bit more about this. I'm very excited, probably uh, prematurely, but it's okay. (laughs) We all need a pick-me-up, right? It's August. Uh, Congressman Andy Ogle, stick with us. We're coming right back. Folks, if you have a question, 833-482-5337 is the phone number. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's my last name. Or get at me at Rich Valdez on any of the social media. We're coming right back. Don't move a muscle. Get comfortable. We're just getting started. It's America at Night with me, Rich Valdez, and we're coming right back. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? 
Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Uh, by the way, your ratings are up. Congratulations, somebody. It's always nice to check. I like to see, even if they're friends, I like to see how are they doing? Are people listening, right? That's but right. You're, you're doing great. America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Our guest is Tennessee's 5th District Congressman Andy Ogles, and he's just filed uh, articles of impeachment against President Biden and Kamala Harris. Um, where there's still talk about uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, and of course there's a lot to discuss. Uh, Congressman Ogles, the, the White House has repeatedly buckled down and said, you know, we haven't done anything. President Biden keeps saying, I haven't dealt with my son's business. I, you know, we talked about the weather. First he said he didn't talk to anybody, then they said, no, they have talked to them. We have proof. All right, well, I talked about the weather. And I, I'm just wondering, you know, from your sense, when you speak with your constituents and when you're, you know, doing what you do, uh, do you get the sense that anybody believes this? Oh, of course not. Uh, but I mean, this is what the, the Democrats have done uh, these last few years is they lie and obfuscate and they just keep saying it over and over again and, and, and until people just get tired of hearing the lies. But I mean, literally today there was a photo released of, uh, you know, this guy, uh, Hunter's business partner on an airplane with uh, the, the big guy, the president. The and so big guy. There's, no, there's, no, there's no way he can deny that, uh, they, that he had conversations, that he was in close proximity of, and that uh, he was a guest on, on the airplane. I mean, come on, this is ridiculous. And the idea that we're that stupid that we would believe this nonsense. Uh, and look, you know, I'm one of those, the, my, my articles of impeachment were written in such a way that they could be offered as a privileged motion, that's a nuclear option. So for some reason, um, there's a stall or delay, and, and we're not going to get to impeachment uh, proceedings in a timely fashion. Uh, I can walk there, down there and force a vote. Now, I do believe that uh, we're going to see this happen sooner rather than later, but that's option on the table because my district wants to see impeachment. My district is tired of the lies, and I think the people of America are sick mm-hmm. and tired of, of Democrats in particular who run for office and they hate this country uh, and it's ruining our economy. It's ruining our, our, our status on the, the international stage. 
I mean, just look at what's happened with Russia and Ukraine I and mean, the Russian advance into Ukraine. And now you see the, the Chinese just chomping at the bit to, to invade Taiwan. And this feckless administration is incapable of doing anything about it. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And um, let, let's focus a little bit on wh- the aim that you've taken with Vice President Harris. Uh, what is the angle there in um, in pursuing the articles of impeachment against the vice president? Well, you know, uh, you know, she's guilty by association and and inaction. Uh, quite frankly, uh, I don't know, and I'll just be honest. I don't know that you'll actually see uh, impeachment uh, proceedings against the vice president. Uh, I think they're warranted, uh, but but again, like I said before, the problem we're running up against is the presidential election cycle is about to begin. Um, you know, it's a little, little over 157 days away. And so we're just running out of time to, to do the things that, quite frankly, on, on the side of impeachment that might to be, need to be done. And then, of course, we have our own elections, you know, uh, where, where you have the I'll have to start running for a reelection uh, and, and those types of things. And so you're going to have some hesitancy by some to want to move forward. Now, I'm willing to move forward because we were, we were elected to do a job and I'm willing to go up there and fight and do it. Uh, so, you know, uh, but that being said, it's um, I think you're likely to see impeachment against Mayorkas and Biden for sure. Uh, anyone else stand by to be determined. Folks, we're on with Congressman Andy Ogles. And uh, again, um, I'm happy to hear that that he's um, putting these articles of impeachment forward. I think more Republicans need to do the same. I want to shift gears a little bit uh, to talk about. The president now, the president, uh, he's been uh, trying to defend himself against the July CPI report showing that inflation's been picking up a little bit. And what's your thought on that? Is that a trend that will continue? Yeah, I mean, I I think Biden, Bidenomics, if you will, have been an absolute train wreck. You know, this this administration has uh, sought out to destroy our energy infrastructure and energy independence. Uh, and, and the way that you reduce uh, and get the economy stimulated, going back, go, uh, get, getting going again, is is going to be energy independence. And you know, you know, we talk about China as being a threat to the United States of America. Part of that is we have to decouple ourselves uh, from a su- supply chain standpoint. Uh, we're over reliant on China. We saw that during COVID. We're suddenly you couldn't get some of the basic uh, staples, uh, whether it's toilet paper. or you name it, uh, during COVID because supply chains were disrupted. So um, I do expect to see further uh, pressures on the economy, both from inflation and stagnation. Uh, and, and here's the other thing. With, with the increase in the, the interest rate, you've seen uh, people's purchasing power from uh, buying and, and realizing the American dream of owning a home. That's slipping away for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans. Uh, the credit card debt is at an all-time high in the United States of America, and the interest rates on credit cards are obviously crushing. And then if you're a small business owner, because banks are cautious, banks are fearful of this administration and, and what the, the, the SEC or the Fed may require as far as how much capital they have to have on reserve, now you're seeing banks hesitant to lend, in, lend to our small businesses. And so, again, if you're that small business owner and you operate out of a line of credit for some of your operation expenses in your slow months, that could be a problem. If you're some a small business owner and you want to expand and you, you need to buy some piece of equipment, that's going to be a problem. So th- this, 
this president uh, has, is, has absolutely been a, a failure both on domestic and foreign policy, and every American knows that. But regardless of your party affiliation, gas costs more, bread costs more, milk costs more. If you go to Home Depot or your hardware store, everything in a store costs more, and that's a direct, direct link to Biden and his failed policies. Folks, we're on with Congressman Andy Ogles, uh, the man of the hour who's put forward these articles of impeachment. And uh, I see that there are people that want to speak with you. So I'm going to give out that number one more time. 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. We're on with Congressman Andy Ogles from Tennessee's 5th District. Just introduced articles of impeachment against President Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, the vice president, who I like to call, by the way, Joe El Baboso Biden, and, of course, Vice President Kamala Harris which means how bad she is in Spanish. It sounds so good. And uh, we have a caller, Ben from Atlanta, Georgia, WDUN, has a question for Congressman Ogles. Go right ahead. Hey, Rich, uh, another great interview. You're really good at it. You got the gift. Uh, Congressman Ogles, uh, I appreciate everything you stand for and uh, big roll tide to you. Uh, We're uh, the, I, I believe that, um, on principle, we should impeach Biden. It's already been proved that he sold influence and he's been doing stuff for a long time. The question is, do it's a timing issue. Uh, right now, the, the person we want to run against is Biden. And, you know, we want, I don't want to give him a chance to go to Gavin Newsom and then they can say, oh, well, he doesn't have any history and he's a blank slate that can run against Trump or DeSantis or whoever it is. I want it to be Biden because we know how bad Biden is. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, I think you make, you, make, you make a great point. But what I will say is I, I don't really believe that uh, Biden will be the nominee. Uh, they are running up against the clock as well. I mean, I think the qualifying deadline to, to – to run for president in Nevada is in October. So you're going to see, and I believe, a switcheroo, whether that's a Gavin Newsom or a Michelle Obama. Uh, they can't win with Joe Biden. They know they can't win with Joe Biden. And really, you know, when you, when you think about the United States of America, we're, we're a country that's based on a constitution and rule of law. This man must be held accountable, and we must always strive for that. And, and so I think it's imperative that we impeach uh, Joe Biden so that we send America a message that no one is above the law. You and I both know he'll never see the inside of, of a jail cell, quite frankly. I don't think mentally he could handle it. Uh, so the closest thing we can get to that is the impeachment proceedings in the House of Representatives. And mark my word, you know, mark the date. I don't believe he'll be the nominee. It's going to be a Michelle Obama. It's going to be a Gavin Newsom. Uh, it may be a, a, a ticket with, um, uh, you know, uh, Whitmer out of uh, Michigan, but something's going to happen in the next couple of months and he won't be uh, the nominee. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it. Big shout out to everybody in Atlanta, Georgia on WDUN. 
You're a patriot, sir. Thanks for the call. Now, Congressman Ogles, let's pick up on that thread right there because you're saying that there'll be a switcheroo. And I hear a lot about this. And I agree with you in so much as I don't believe that Biden's the guy. Like, I think Americans aren't aren't enthused. And I think some Democrats think, well, just as long as they put up Trump, Biden wins because Biden can beat Trump. He's done it before. He'd do it again. I don't believe that to be true. I, I think Biden really is weak. Uh, I think we've never seen inflation the way we've seen. And people take that stuff personally when they can't go to Italy and they can't go to France and they end up having to go to, you know, something more local because they can't or they can't go on vacation at all. And I think Americans are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Um, I just I don't know how they kind of throw somebody else in there. I think that they're equally going to be not as good, even if they throw in a Gavin Newsom or or even Michelle Obama. I just don't know. She's popular, but I don't know that she has the gravitas to um, to beat and to run a, a full fledged campaign against, let's just say, a nominee like Trump. Yeah, you know, I think the problem that they the reality that they're facing is that Biden's health is rapidly declining or it p- appears to be declining in an escalated uh, time timetable. Uh, and so th- I don't know that they're going to have much of a choice. I, I think if you are part of the Biden uh, family, uh, arguably the Biden crime family, you want him to run again. You want him to be in office again because that is your shield, your protection from uh, any sort of prosecution. But that being said is I don't think or don't believe that they'll really have that as a choice. And so it'll have to be uh, if there is some sort of switcheroo, some sort of national figure like a Gavin Newsom. He's from a big state, has big fundraising capabilities. Mm. Uh, he's quite frankly right out of central casting, so he looks like a candidate. Then Michelle right. Obama, of course, she has, she'll have the Obama kind of uh, grassroots 2.0 that they would try to, re- to reestablish and relaunch. Uh, it would have to be someone like that at that level to pull it off. But yeah, they're 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 in a tough spot. They know they're going to lose the Senate. Um, we're going to fight like crazy to keep the House, and so the only thing that they can really vie for and hold is going to be the the White House. Man. I'm excited to see how this unfolds. Congressman Andy Ogles, let everybody know how they can uh, keep up to speed with you, your campaign. You said you're running for re-election again soon. Let them know if they want to give you a campaign donation. Where did they go? And just go to andyogles.com. You know, I'm endorsed by President Trump. I'm honored to have his endorsement. He is going to be the nominee. You know, he, he's running away uh, at the polls in both New Hampshire and Iowa, the two, to the first two states. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so this is he's going to be our guy. He's a fighter. He fought for us before, and he's going to fight for us again. But AndyOgles.com, just check us out. Outstanding. Well, sir, you also, you're a gentleman, a scholar, and a patriot, and I thank you for uh, doing what you do. Godspeed. Thank you so much, and God bless. You bet. Um, Folks, that was Congressman Andy Ogles. Make sure you check out his website, AndyOgles.com, and uh, support him if you can. And straight ahead, we're going to continue with your calls and more. Don't move a muscle. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. So glad to be on your show, Rich. It's just an amazing broadcast that I hope the rest of America listens to every day. America at night. 
night with Rich Valdez. They just can't stand the fact that we had a job report of over nearly 200,000 jobs today, that unemployment is three and a half percent, that 18 straight months of unemployment being under four percent. We're talking about 13.4 million jobs created as with Joe Biden in the White House and working with the congressional Democrats. They have to change the subject and they have nothing to offer the American people in terms of jobs and the rest. They talk about it, but then they change the subject when it's time to deliver. That's Nancy Pelosi, Republican uh, representative from uh, San Francisco. And she, um, She's there touting the Biden economy. Bidenomics is working. It's fantastic. It's the best thing ever. But uh, inflation's going back up. Biden had been uh, out there pounding his drum saying, you know what? We've got uh, decreases in inflation every single month. Not anymore. Looks like the July numbers, uh, it's creeping back up 3.2% the first time in a year that it's going back up. But despite that, Biden says, no, 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 no. The economy's very strong. Uh, he put out a statement uh, from the White House after the Labor Department put out their uh, CPI report, the Consumer Price Index report. <clears throat> so uh, it's, it's interesting, right? I remember when they had this big celebration at the White House. You guys remember that? When they had they celebrated inflation when it was, I don't know, it was, it was huge, huge. It was huge. It was so, uh, it, was, it was up and, and they still celebrated. They had this big party, this big soiree at the White House. And um, now that it's uh, it's been going down all these months, all he does is talk about it, and now it's going back up. And it makes me wonder, is it really going back up? And, and that also brings to, to mind the, um, the question of, you know, there are some people out there, and we have a guest coming in a little while, who's going to tell us he, his belief is that car prices are going to go down because there's an oversupply, and that's going to reduce the uh, demand. I don't see it. I mean, um, maybe I see it a little bit, Uh, but I I just don't see it. I think cars are still um, extraordinarily expensive, uh, and they're still hard to get. And, I mean, I went to one, just as a quick story, I went to one, maybe I'll tell it later, but I went to one dealership looking for a car, and they said, yeah, it's an 18-month waiting list, 18 months for a brand-new car. Guess what? When you get it, it's not even brand-new anymore. I mean, it was just ridiculous. So I don't know, and that was just a couple of months ago. But let's see if, if it does change. But Biden's uh, annual inflation um, has fallen, uh, again, by, by two-thirds since it started off initially, uh, but still hasn't even come close to where, where Trump was, I think, at 1.2 or 1.4 percent. So um, he's been out there. He's been in Arizona, Joe Biden. He's been in New Mexico and Utah this week promoting the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which uh, didn't really uh, reduce any inflation. Uh, but that's what he's been doing. And Republicans are, you know, of course, reacting to the report by highlighting the cumulative impact of inflation. This is according to the Washington Examiner. Uh, Even as numbers have trended down, they're starting to creep back up. Right. So we've got to realize that prices are up 16.9 percent and wages are down about 3 percent. So how do you live? How do you make sense of life? You don't, right? Uh, monthly inflation, again, was 0.2%. Core inflation, which excludes food and energy prices, which obviously we all pay, 
was 4.7% in the the uh, month ending in July. So that's where we're at with that. Now, I also, where did I want to go from here? I wanted to go to a, another story that I had here that I wanted to tease. Uh, we'll do it a little, we'll go in a little bit more, but I mentioned this yesterday about the, the cartels, right? And the cartels had gone after the president, uh, the candidate for president in, um, where was this? In Ecuador, in Quito, Ecuador. So the six men uh, were now suspected. They've been caught and they've been arrested in the assassination of this leader. And uh, it's fascinating, right? I mean, uh, these guys are all Colombian nationals. And, you know, it was alleged that they thought it was the the cartels. Now it's starting to to kind of shape up and look that way. The uh, they also they found shotguns, a um, um, you know all sorts of rifles and whatnot. So, I mean, this is how dirty politics has gotten in Colombia, and and it has been that way in South America and other places from for way too long, right? For decades. Is this what we're ex- to expect in the United States? Are we supposed to get to this level? We need to start treating this country like what it is, like a superpower, not like a third world country. Anyway, we're coming back. We're going to have our discussion on gray divorce and a lot of other things. So don't go anywhere. Stick with me. I'm Rich Valdez. It's America at Night, and we're coming right back. From the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. America's favorite late night talk program. Featuring interesting guests from around the world. And calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And you can join us on the phone if you want to give us a call. 833-482-5337, valdez is the number. And uh, lots of things, you know, things continue to be uh, kind of upside down in New York City with uh, pro-sanctuary city mayor Eric Adams complaining that the migrant crisis is decimating New York City. Yet he embraces this type of thing. Um, Then you've got a controversial FBI memo that's targeting a Catholic group, and it's been coordinated by multiple FBI field offices. The wildfires in um, Hawaii, uh, which are ripping through towns, right? This isn't like a forest fire. This is a fire in the streets, and it has killed now 53 people have been killed by this. And it's just uh, it's sad to watch, of course. But another thing that's sad is is divorce, right? When people break up and, and they're no longer together. And there's this piece in CNN. says, more baby boomers are living alone. Why? One reason is what they call gray divorce, right? This is divorce after 50. And uh, the numbers are trickling in showing that there are there's an increase in people getting divorced after the age of 50. 
And I think this is a pretty interesting uh, phenomenon because you would think of all the times you're going to get divorced, why pick 50, right? You know, obviously, you want to be married by then. Uh, you want to, you know, cruise into your silver and golden years with your, with your life partner. And because um, honestly, at 50, you've got, you know, 40 years left, maybe, uh, if, if you're lucky. So it just, it shocks me that this is what's going on, but it seems to be the trend and it's called gray divorce. So our guest is Heather Dugan. She's an award-winning keynote speaker and uh, she she has been on this stuff uh, from day one. We've had her on the show before. She's written about this. She's an author and, uh, and, and one of my favorite guests to have. Heather Dugan, welcome back. Thank you, Rich. It's good to talk with you again. Likewise. It is very sad what you're talking about, isn't it? It's I, oh, I think yeah. people get there and the golden years have a little bit of tarnish on them, you know. Um, I kind of look, you know, we've talked a lot, I think the last time we, we touched on the, the disconnection that we've experienced in a general way across uh, our society. And, uh, you know, we have more ways to live separately together, right? You can be partners mm -hmm. and sit side by side on the sofa scrolling through your phones all night. So, you know, that's one factor. A lot of times uh, if somebody is generally disconnected, they will tend to look at the uh, the noisy chewer at the other end of the dinner table, you know, and point a finger that direction. It's an easy person to blame, right? Um, we also have longer life expectancies now. You, you've said maybe, you know, up to age 90, and that's true. Uh, that didn't used to be the case. So right. there's more time to get tired of somebody if you aren't actively growing yourselves and your relationships. And, you know, there's there's just, I think, more awareness of the alternate paths out there. You know, because we have the Internet available, right? We can see other lives that we could have lived. And then it looks like we might have the time to do it. Um, and then COVID clarity. That's another big one. I, I, I really think COVID, for many people, it kind of amplified soul searching and reassessments of the status quo. Um, and, you know, some partners maybe, you know, went to the distractions and they kind of bandaged over the uncomfortable and maybe the partner dug a little deeper and they found that they were kind of looking for different things. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of different factors, but it's left a lot of people kind of wanting to live life differently. And uh, that's an easy, very difficult way to change up your life, isn't it? Yeah, and, and really, it's 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 lamentable. I think because I'm I'm thinking, you know, look, I, I'm I'm not fifty yet. I, I'm halfway through my forties now, but I can't imagine being fifty. And again, this is not saying getting divorced at fifty; they're saying after fifty. You're talking about yeah. seventy-two years old, sixty-five years old. Like, what do you do at seventy-two years old? And again, I'm not saying that's old, but it's not young uh, to say, you know what, honey, it's over. It's over. I'm going out there. I'm going to start picking up, you know, women yeah, at the, yeah. uh, I, I, like, how do you, how do you, you must have made a decision that you don't want a life partner at all because I mean, well, it's so close to the, the finish line in my opinion. Well, I, I, I think people still have hope. I mean, there, there are people that partner up in the later years. There's a lot of that. I've, uh, it's funny. I, uh, have met, you know, this last week, widowers that, you know, that found one another in their support groups and got married, you know, in their 60s and 70s. So it does happen. Um, it's just, you know, when when people get to a certain point in life and, and think, you know, for, you know, happily ever after, you know, that, that forever end of it can look a little longer than they bargained for if they're not feeling that joy 
that, you know, you kind of hope for. But so much of that, of course, is self-directed and, uh, you know, and, and, and a matter of your own perspective. But it's a lot easier. You know, we've gotten into this this easy flow of, of, of reaching for distractions and not to say that maybe the marriage doesn't have issues, but I would just say that it's often a lot easier to get out. Uh, folks, we're on with Heather Dugan, author and keynote speaker. And um, Heather Dugan, I want you to stick with us because I want to continue this discussion. And I also have a, uh, a feeling a few callers are going to be interested in speaking with you about divorce after 50, and they might even have some war stories to share. Uh, you can check out Heather Dugan's website, Heather Dugan, D-U-G-A-N uh, dot com. That's her website. And folks, we're coming right back. Don't go anywhere. 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. America. Welcome back. Our guest is Heather Dugan, heatherdugan.com. She's an author and keynote speaker. She's often uh, uh, flexed her muscle on relationships. She, she knows this stuff better than many of us do. And uh, Heather Dugan, we have a caller from Schwanksville, Pennsylvania on WEEU. Sue is calling. Sue, welcome. Yeah. So anyway, I'm one of your uh, cases there. I uh, filed for divorce at age 55. And it took me seven years and $50,000 to get out of that marriage, but it was worth every dime. And, you know, the thing of it was, is I wasn't willing to just let the rest of my life play out miserable. I -hmm. wanted to at least have peace. So that's why I got a divorce. And lo and behold, I got remarried at age 70. (laughs) Wow. That's fantastic. What a great story. Heather Dugan. Oh, so you're you're enjoying life now, and it's kind of it's worked out as you expected it to. It sounds like, or as you hoped it would. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, obviously, yeah. when when you get married at age seventy, you have uh, all of your own property, and it's different mm-hmm. than when you get married young and you throw everything in the same bucket. So there's other issues to be worked through. But yeah, I, I uh, sure. I'm so glad I did it. I mean, it was the best thing I ever mm-hmm. did. Sue, so, so let me so ask we- you. Where where did you where did you go shopping for your new husband? <laughs> I I met him at the Y. Oh, nice. That's a nice healthy way to meet a future spouse, I'd say. I like it. <laughs> you already have ensured that you both are following some healthy pursuits that way, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yes, was, yes. You know. Very good. I think people forget about the proximity opportunities that are out there. You know, you really have to be open and aware, right? You know, keeping our eyes open for who's around us rather than, you know, looking at our phones, that kind of thing. Well, thank you, Sue. I appreciate that. You know, Heather Dugan, uh, I was, and the reason I asked her that was because I'm thinking if that would ever happen to me. And again, I, mm-hmm. I got divorced 12 years ago and I, I'm still single and I'm open to marriage, just recently open to marriage. I was kind of like, I'll never do that again. 
but now that I, I I'm open to the idea, um, if I do get married again, um, you know, I, I would, I would think, you know, if I was going to go shopping, right. Uh, uh so uh-huh. to speak, I would, you know, go to church. It, it would be something like that, right. Some, some sort of social network that I already have where, you know, you kind of know people and you, you can get a good referral and, and have some affinity. I think that is often the best, most comfortable way for people, the organic moments that can that really can happen. I think those are less frequent for a lot. It just kind of depends about how your life goes together. You know, if you are out and about, some people don't have that kind of a, a lifestyle and they have to build that in order to work that in. But, you know, more and more people do meet online and that that can happen and it does work. But the problem is, you know, doing approaching that with uh, thoughtfulness and and, uh, with a real firm idea of who you are and what you're looking for. So you don't get swept off on uh, basically, you know, long term distractions, which happens to a lot of people. You know, yeah, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just again, I'm wondering. Do you think this is like a temporary trend, like a spike because of COVID or because of something like that, where we've seen a lot of things, you know, COVID really disrupted the world in many ways. And I don't want to blame it, blame everything on it. But uh, Mm -hmm. do you think this is just a is or do you know if there's any longitudinal data? Are people in their 50s, 60s, 70s um, getting divorced in record number? Has this been going on for a while or is it a relatively new phenomenon? It's been going up very steadily for some time now. Um, I think that people, we tended to get married quicker um, with, you know, it was kind of what you did at a certain point in life. And, you know, younger people, their divorce rate is going down. And I do see young people are, are taking their time moving to that step and not necessarily getting there even until they're in their 30s or maybe not even then. But I think they're they're slow to make that choice, and I think that that choice is more likely to stick because they're marrying later when they do, and they, you know, obviously you know yourself a lot better. So there's more likelihood that you're going to be able to continue on parallel paths, you know, that you can continue to build together as opposed to people that get got together when they were barely out of their, or in their 20s and uh, had no idea what would, would spark their interest in life. Um, and, and, and it can be kind of a, a shock later to realize you're living a life that doesn't really fit your own heart. And that happened to a lot of people. Now, what's your advice to those that, um, you know, I guess based on, uh, you know, your, your experience in, in your writings and your research and your dealings with people uh, who are who are facing um, this yeah. again? Because, again, uh, hearing Sue's story is really um, uh, terrific. I think it was a terrific story that, you know, she was able to turn her life around and, and meet somebody that she's actually really happy with. Uh, but when I read this article, I thought, my goodness, this is scary, right? I mean, the, the idea yeah. that people are getting divorced, it's sad, it's scary. You know, it's the last thing I would want to do at that age, thinking you spent a lifetime with somebody and then say, oh my gosh, over 65, you know, and according to this piece in CNN Health, the divorce rate is still rising for adults over 65. And, right. and, and I just think, oh, my goodness, you know, um, it seems like they need help. But again, you hear someone like uh, Sue, and I'm glad she called, uh, where it, mm-hmm. it worked out to be a win. Are, is yes. this what you see? Are most people winning after they get divorced in, in their 60s? Are they finding that person in their 70s and happily ever after? Or is it really they, they just they'd rather be alone? 
It really depends on the individual. There's different experiences depending on how you approach it and where you are in your personal growth. Sounded like Sue just kind of really came to a conviction. And, you know, it took, obviously, if it took seven years, it took some uh, determination there. And I think you have to have an idea of what you're heading towards. Um, And you can't, you know, it can't be another person. I mean, it really needs to be about what do you visualize your life as being and then making solid choices because there are going to be big choices that you haven't or big changes that you haven't necessarily factored in. Um, You know, it is very different to live alone and you've got a new skill set to learn. Uh, Are you up for that? And it's important to to put ahead of time, you know, build that support system. You need friends. That's the first thing you really need to be sure that you have set in your life so that so that you'll have people that can um, kind of help you make good choices as you begin this new life. Otherwise, you can get swung into a lot of directions just trying to fill the loneliness, and that doesn't lead you to a better life the way Sue's describing. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, um, you mentioned earlier something about younger people staying married longer. Uh, and this is something I wasn't aware of um, because I know so many young people have really kind of uh, looked at the institution of marriages as kind of an outdated concept. Uh, but um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I just I have I have read you know in the research that the divorce rate for them is going down while the older divorces are going up. Now, part of that is because they, as you mentioned, you know they aren't getting not as many are getting married. But if you talk to young people, um, and I'm including people in their 20s and and 30s, you know, there is a lot of focus on building their own lives first. They're aware, you know, instead of finding that partner first thing, a lot of people really want to develop their own path first and then hit that. It's a different different, uh, order of priority. Um, and I and it seems to be working. You know, we won't know how well it works for another 20 years, probably. But um, it seems to be uh, decisions that are that they feel good with at this point. And, and I guess that's probably the best we ever do on those kinds of things. It's got to feel like a decision we can live with. Um, but I like the idea very much of knowing yourself a little more before you tie yourself to somebody else. Um, you know, I think especially if you begin to bring children in the world, I think we owe that to our children. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Uh, Heather Dugan, let everybody know um, how they can keep in touch with you. Of course, I've told them to go to heatherdugan.com. What can they expect at heatherdugan.com? What, what type of uh, experience sure. should they look forward to? Right. Well, you'll you'll see some of my books and you'll see uh, some of my speaking topics. Um, there are many more. I do a lot of corporate uh, and you know, community wellness and engagement programs, a lot of community building type stuff because the disconnection thing is a huge, uh, it's just a horrible thing that's happened to our society and we've got to correct that. Um, But you'll find books, you'll find content um, and you can reach me on LinkedIn also as well as the website, of course, Facebook. I'm, I'm kind of in all the normal social media places and I do love to hear from people, um, either to, to come and talk to your organization or just, you know, if you need to touch base on something. I really want to be a resource. Outstanding. And what's the uh, social media handle that people should uh, follow? Yeah, if you look for Heather Dugan, um, it can be, sometimes it's Heather Dugan USA or Heather Dugan Creative, but um, Heather Dugan, it's, as you said, D-U-G-A-N. Um, there are not a lot of Heather Dugans out there. So <laughs> take a look for me and I'm, I'm, I'd be happy to connect. 
Outstanding. Well, Heather Dugan, I want to thank you for being with us. Um, this was a topic that, uh, honestly, I, I, I was really blown away by. I did not know this was a thing at all. And I love to take a break sometimes from the breaking news and, and all of the rigmarole of politics and, and the crazy that's going on to look at some other crazy, right? Because I think this is pretty crazy <laughs> that people are getting divorced at, at, at that point of their lives uh, when they're looking, you know, I thought they were looking for that gold anniversary. So uh, yeah. I do appreciate it. And uh, thanks for, for uh, making yourself available at this hour. Absolutely. Great talking with you, Rich. Likewise, Heather. Thanks. And folks, we're going to get to your calls and more in Open Phone America coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, But stick with us straight ahead. We're going to talk with Art Flores about what's going on with the price of cars. All right. I say they're still up. He says they might be coming down. We'll see what he's got to say straight ahead. We're going to talk about cars, car prices, and the impact of inflation on the auto market. Don't go anywhere. I am Rich Valdez. America, welcome back. So I'm looking at a piece in Yahoo Finance, and it says July inflation report, new and used car prices keep falling. But while car prices drop, insurance rates are rising for weary customers. I can tell you this firsthand. My uh, my insurance went up 100 bucks last month. I don't even know why. 100 bucks a month. I have no idea why. Uh, I mean, because they can, I guess. Uh, they kind of got the market cornered. But it's it's crazy to see what's going on. Now, you guys know I recently bought my daughter a, a used car, and I felt like I overpaid for it. Uh, but there was so few on the market, the inventory was so low, that I said, I've got to make a move here. And th- this is, I think, the conundrum that so many people are in when they're sending their kids to college or whatever and what have you. So I, I wonder, you know, is this true? Is it accurate? I mean, we've got Yahoo Finance telling me. And then we've got our guest, Art Flores. Right now, Art Flores, he's an automotive expert. He's dealt with dealerships from coast to coast, and and he's done this for a long time. He even wrote a book on it called Driving Success. So uh, I want to welcome Art Flores to the program. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you bet. And this is um, a topic that uh, I I talk about this all the time. I don't know anything about it other than what I see. Uh, It's all anecdotal for me. But I absolutely, uh, I think, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I think, you know, cars used to be a used car, a good used car, Honda Accord, a Honda CRV, whatever. They were, I don't know, between four, five, six, seven grand was like a really expensive low mileage. And, and that's not the case today, right? I'm seeing them for, you know, eight, nine, 10, 12 grand. And, and I'm thinking, my goodness. And, you know, I just bought one last month and, and it just, uh, I, I, I don't know if I got a deal or I didn't get a deal, but. Ultimately, I'm realizing that to buy a new one, you're looking at, you know, like I think the new CRV MSRP is somewhere in the 20s and you go like five years earlier and they're also in the 20s. <laughs> so it's just like it's like, holy crap, what is going on here with the car market? Art Flores. Uh, well, yeah, it's it's a little crazy. I myself have bought a, a used vehicle recently for 
uh, a child that came of age for driving. He was 17 when I bought him a vehicle. And it was right at the time where all the used cars were starting to get pretty expensive. And normally, you know, I do business with a bunch of car dealers. Normally, I could have this figured out in a in an afternoon, but it took me nearly two weeks to find a deal that I felt comfortable paying what I paid for the vehicle. So, uh, kind of crazy. And then uh, I, you know, this might be a little bit off, but you know, I used to drive an '89 Chevy growing up, and all through high school and all that. And I remember we paid. 12,000 for that thing back in the early nineties. And I saw a similar model at a dealership, you know, same year and everything. And they were asking uh, 14 grand for it. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't, I don't get it. It's not a classic vehicle. It wasn't like a show car. You know, there was no reason to charge the extra money. Uh, so that's, that's pretty crazy, but yeah, the, the market, is crazy the the new cars have gone from you know overinflated as far as pricing is concerned and now they're starting to come back down to reality so there's a lot of factors coming into play so let's talk about some of those factors right because i had a buddy and i still have this buddy but i remember i told him i said i'm looking for a used car and and you know it's got to be really reliable i gave him my whole criteria and he said listen to me Wait till October. <laughs> this was like in March. And, and I said, why? And he said, because you get new cars coming out. You know, the whole chip thing is kind of is subsiding. You're going to have more new cars on the market. So that's going to bring down the price on used cars. And he's like, you know, you, I don't know how much it's going to bring it down, but it should bring it down considerably. And, you know, he said, there'll probably be an you know, oversupply. And, and I was like, yeah, I got to wait till the fall to buy a car. I was like, my kid's here now. You know, like I, I had to make a move now. And, and I felt like yeah. a lot of people are in that position. And I also think when you're buying a used car, it's not like a new car where it's your pick of the litter. I want it in red. I want it in blue. You can get whatever you want. When you're buying a used car, you get what's available, right? If you're, especially if you're, you have a criteria for mileage and years and whatever. So all that being said, I, I, I feel like, um, you know, it's coming down, but how much? I mean, the last time I checked, we had a, like a 38% increase on used car prices given the current inflation and whatnot. Um, what would you say, if you have an answer, I don't know if you do or not, uh, how much it's going it's coming down now and into the fall. Um, so the last quarter of the year is like your friend said, probably going to be a better time for anybody to buy a new or a used vehicle. The used vehicles, the prices are still inflated because there's a bunch of used car dealers that need the inventory. So the demand is there and, uh, a lot of the cars that are going into the used market right now, people paid overinflated prices for them recently. So if a customer goes right now, let's say they bought a car, you know, late 21, early 22, they overpaid for it uh, uh, compared to the current market. So Mm -hmm. if they're trying to trade in right now, they're either going to have to, you know, pay the difference, pay the negative equity, or the dealer's going to have to step up in the trade and, and over-allow for the trade. And then whenever that car either needs to be resold at that dealership or go to auction, they're going to have, you know, higher reserves or higher, you know, need as far as the income for that unit. They, they have to sell it for more. 
So it still drives the price up. So used market is behind the new car market. New car market now, we're actually seeing people able to pay MSRP. Uh, rebates are a thing again. Uh, the average supply is nearly 60 days worth of supply. So the new car prices are going to drive down faster than the used. But, you know, typically they're still more expensive vehicles. But, uh, right. you know, it, it's pretty crazy right now. All right, folks, we're on with Art Flores. Uh, he is an expert on all this automotive craziness, and he's with us. If you have a question, give us a call, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, America, welcome back. And again, we're discussing inflation, right? For the month of July, consumer prices for autos were down uh, 0.1% compared to June. And they're up 3.5% year over year with the yearly figure coming down considerably compared to the prior month's 4.1%. Now, the used car market saw even more moderation with prices down 1.3% for the month of July alone and dropping 5, 5.6% year over year. Both of those figures for the used car market fell again for a second month in a row. Again, that's according to Yahoo News. And car prices in particular for used car vehicles seem to be coming down faster compared to inflation in the broader economy, which uh, just saw a 3.2% in uh, July, year over year. And that's the report that just came out. So uh, we're having this discussion with Art Flores, and Art is with us. We're talking about, you know, what's happening. He says that the fall should bring the better prices. My buddy in the car game also says the same thing, as does uh, Yahoo Finance. I was citing uh, the data from their article. So Art Flores, we're recommending that people um, go ahead and purchase their their cars in the fall. Granted, I got it. But what happens now for everybody, like you said, that bought in 21 or 22 and overpaid and is upside down and doesn't have any equity in the car and owes so much, uh, what do they do? Um, I mean, you. there's a lot of things you can do. I mean, it's it's crazy right now. Normally you would say, oh, let's refinance. Let's let's spread the payment out. Let's lower our payment, but the interest rates are driving up. up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. the, the lenders, the auto lenders, they're uh, getting more strict as far as how much they're going to loan out and who they're going to loan uh, loan to. Uh, credit scores 
uh, us as Americans, the credit scores are dropping and our credit card utilization is up. So we just our, hit like a trillion dollars in, in credit card debt. Yeah. So our ability to buy ourselves out of a, a bad loan or, a, you know, a position that we had to put ourselves in is, is pretty tough. So it, it's a group effort, but it, it's really going to take cash. So you, you got to buy your way out of that loan or buy your way into a new vehicle. Um, what about or, selling your way out of it? What if, what if you do like a private sale um, to yeah. get more than you would on a trade? That's definitely an option, uh, but consumers are pretty savvy now. You know, they know how to get a hold of uh, the internet. The cheapest car, right? <laughs> yeah, pick the VIN and uh, know what they're. You know, they they should pay for a unit. I have people reach out to me all the time. They're like, "Hey, I'm going to buy this car from this guy. Can you run this VIN?" And then I'll have one of my dealers run the van, we'll get the car fax, we'll get the book value, we'll get all these different things for them. And I'm like, here's private party numbers, here's retail numbers, here's all the numbers that you have to work with. So uh, that's a good option. Um, really, it's, it's pretty specific to your situation, but uh, the easiest way, well, and I don't know if it's the easiest, but the, the fastest mm -hmm. solution is, is cash. Now, let me switch gears a little bit and switch to what's happening with um, electric vehicles versus your traditional combustion engine. Uh, do, do, do you see the traditional combustion en engine falling by the wayside? Is it the end of that? Like, are we going to drive Ford uh, F-150s that are electric? Uh, and, and if everybody's going to have one, how soon before that happens? Uh, I don't think that's uh, anywhere near, like, in the next five years uh yeah like people are like people are thinking uh, i do own a electric vehicle and uh we also have a i call it the diesel but we have an infinity qx80 that you know uses plenty of fuel so it's, it's uh, big maybe one? we count yeah that's the big one that uses all the gas so maybe we counteract each other with that <laughs> deal but um the i believe the makers really have to put more effort into making these EVs uh, more usable um, because right now it's a lifestyle change if you buy an EV. Uh, so you really have to adjust and plan. And I know I this week I was all over the place. So I'm in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, mm -hmm. specifically in Fort Worth. And I went and uh, visited clients in uh, Paris, Texas, which is on the Oklahoma-Texas border. You know, I had to take my, my gas vehicle, my combustion vehicle, and then the next morning I went to Houston. I had to take my, you know, my gas vehicle there because otherwise you add an hour or two to a four-hour trip, and it just gets... For the charging uh, stops? Little... Yeah, exactly. So it's not that so, practical, but, but it's they're pretty nice looking. Oh, yeah, I mean... Heck, my car driving me down the road, I, it's really comfortable, and uh, I can get somewhere really easy where it's a little more stressful in a gas vehicle that doesn't have all these uh, amenities that the EV has. Uh, but I, you know, I saw something not too long ago where uh, I believe it was the CEO of Ford or 
uh, somebody up high, high and forward, and they described their issues as, you know, when they build a vehicle, they have basically shopped everything out to the lowest bidder. So there, there could be a mm-hmm. hundred different companies that provide parts for a Ford. Well, companies like Tesla have kind of built everything on their own, and that's why they operate as efficiently as they do for an EV. I'm not saying it's super efficient, but for an EV, it's efficient. And that's where these automakers, you know, maybe like Ford, might not be as efficient. And, you know, the Ford Lightning, if you put, if you tow anything uh, with a base EV Ford Lightning, you're, you're not getting very far, you know, 60, 70 right. miles, maybe. So it's... Now- what do you know about so, the zero to sixty on a on a Ford Lightning? Are they fast, uh, like the uh, Tesla? It's pretty fast, but I don't think it's. It depends on on the model, but when I I don't know that number. I want to say it was like zero. It's like four seconds. Um, mm-hmm. They're fast, man. EV cars are very fast. The torque just gets you going ASAP. No, no matter what model you have. And yeah, test. I've heard you get a plat, you can get it in less than three seconds. So it really depends on the model and the, the horsepower they have built in. All right. Art Flores, let everybody know how they can uh, follow you and check out the work that you're doing if they want to learn more about your work and, and on cars. So um, you can find me on Facebook, Art Flores, um, Instagram, Arturo Flow. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. That's one of the more uh, active places for me. I'm an owner of a company called American Auto Protection. Uh, right. We take care we, we take care of car dealers. They they are our clients, so we help them in in many ways, uh, specifically in the F and I product department. Uh, but we're we're all over the place helping dealers do whatever we can to help them. Uh, provide high quality products for their customers and increase uh, profitability for those guys. Outstanding. Well, folks give art a follow, check him out, visit his, um, his company if you can. And art, I want to thank you for being with us tonight. Interesting conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, folks. And uh, we're coming right back at you. Your phone calls and more. Open Phone America is coming up next. You can start getting your calls in for that. 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. Valdez with an S. All right, America, welcome back. So while inflation is up and car prices are were up and might be going down, I'm going to tell you something that sounds pretty good here. How's this number? $170,000 a year. 
Well, that's what full-time UPS drivers are going to earn on average in their new contract, according to the CEO. And uh, I think that's a fantastic deal. Full-time UPS drivers are going to earn an average of 170 k per year in pay and benefits at the end of a five-year contract agreement. UPS CEO Carol Tomei said uh, on Tuesday, the salary ranges for full-time and part-time drivers were among the details that are going to come out this week. They're in negotiation with the Teamsters. And um, what Tomei said was, when you look at the total compensation by the end of the new contract, the average UPS driver full-time is going to make about 170 k annually in pay and benefits. So maybe it's not all take-home pay. Maybe they have a generous uh, benefit package built into that. Um, and for part-time uh, union employees, they're looking at $25 an hour. So we'll see what happens with that. But that sounds pretty good. So listen, go Brown, right? Don't go anywhere, folks. Open Phone America is coming up next. A long tradition on this program. Looking forward to speaking with you. 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDES. Don't go anywhere. I'm coming right back. From the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. America's favorite late night talk program. Featuring interesting guests from around the world. And calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Our telephone number, if you want to join our late-night national town hall conversation, give us a call, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. And lots of interesting news tonight, right? Very, very interesting news items that we were taking a look at. We heard about the... Um, the UPS guys making 170k a year. I'm thinking that's a pretty good gig. If you see me disappear, it's because I'm driving a brown truck somewhere, and that and and my guys in the studio too. But there's some interesting, very interesting stories out there of Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden, President Biden, he is he is asking Congress for 24 billion dollars. And guess who he wants to give it to? Yep, you guessed it. He wants to give it to Ukraine. (laughs) He's testing bipartisan support for more funding in Ukraine. So the question remains, um, what is going on with all this funding? And how how do we get away from continually giving money to Ukraine and never getting away from the war, right? I mean, the idea here is we support Ukraine, we protect Ukraine, and we get them out of this this uh, quagmire. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be happening, right? Joe El Baboso Biden is really going hard here to just transfer the wealth of the United States to Ukraine. And it's, it's sad. And I, I'm not saying to abandon Ukraine, but I am saying 
we've got to stop and we've got to slow it down. So let us uh, hit the phones and let's go to Sandra in Dothan, Alabama, WDBT. Hey, good evening. I didn't get to hear your whole program tonight, so I told your screen uh, your screen guy what I want to talk yes, about was the Ukraine deal with the money. And here's the thing with this. Would we not have been better off if you add up everything we've given just to bring the Ukrainians here and tell Russia you can have Ukraine? Because number one is if anybody thinks Russia is going to lose this, they're not. Because what's under their wing is China. And the other thing is this is we have never heard, I have never heard of any accounting that Ukraine, the country itself, how much money of their money have they put into this war? And what yeah. about all their oligarchs over there? And what about the other NATO countries? I've not heard, oh, I've heard some figures thrown around, but I have not heard any detail monies or weaponry that all these other countries are given. I say we don't give them another dime until those other countries cough up money and until we find out how much Ukraine has spent of their own money in this war. Something don't add up here. Well, Sandra, here, here's the thing, and I, I appreciate your frustration, and I totally get it, because part of what the, uh, in my opinion, what the issue is, first of all, we can't give Ukraine to Russia because we don't own Ukraine, but we do have a contract in place where we must absolutely protect Ukraine. It's called the Budapest, uh, um, what's that called, the treaty, it's just some sort of treaty, um, Memorandum of Security Assurances, that's what it's called. And when we um, persuaded Ukraine to give away their nuclear weapons, um, you know, three decades ago, the, the deal was, hey, look, we will do that and we will protect you as long as you give up your nukes. So they've given up their nukes and they had nukes to keep Russia away. So now I, I disagree with you in so much as saying that uh, Russia wins here. I don't think Russia wins because while you say Russia has China, I say Ukraine has the United States. And. I don't think the United States is going to take an L here. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think we're ultimately going to get to a place where there's going to be a divvying up of some of the real estate. And they're going to say, you know what? All right, you're going to get this or you're going to get that. And we there there, there has to be some sort of ceasefire. And that's kind of what um, uh, former President Trump has been saying on the campaign trail is that we must get to a place where we make a deal, right? Where somebody gets what you want this. All right, let's see if we can get you that. You want that? We're going to see if we can get you that. Right now, they have this stalemate because everybody wants everything, right? I think at this point, the Ukrainians are like, get out of here, and we'd like to take Putin's life. <laughs> and I think the uh, the Russians are saying, you know, um, we'll get out of here, but we're, we're going to keep the Donbass. We're going to keep Crimea. We're going to keep everything we've taken in the past and, and maybe a little more because I think they want a lot of access to the, um, to the sea. So I think this is where the the disagreement is, and I don't know that they're going to get to it quickly, but it's kind of like, you know, my kids were younger, and they would fight. Sometimes they would come down the stairs, each of them, with a handful of the other's hair while it was still attached to the other's head, right? So they kind of looked like Siamese twins a little bit, and they were just pulling each other's hair, like, tell her to let go. No, you tell her to let go. No, you tell her to let go. And And my response typically was to unbuckle my belt, pull my belt off, and by the time they knew they were about to get it, they would let go of each other's hair. So sometimes somebody has to be the adult in the room, and it's clearly not Joe El Baboso Biden. I don't know who it's going to be, but I can tell you it's not Joe, and it's not Kamala. 
and it's not anybody in the Democrat Party, lamentably. But that's what we need. We need somebody that's going to come and say, look, this is going to be a lot worse if you don't figure this thing out. So you got to figure it out. And it's that type of pressure that we need. And I agree with you. Uh, we, we have to hold on to our own accounting because we've had some accounting errors on what we've given to Ukraine in the past. And uh, in so much as what they've spent, I don't even know what they have to spend. I just I'm looking at it from the perspective of we have a commitment uh, as the United States to uphold the Budapest Memorandum of Security Assurances and to ensure that that, you know, our NATO partners also don't get invaded, which I don't think is going to happen. But if that happens, then it's kind of, you know, we're all in. So it's it's a little bit of a sticky situation. I, I do trust that we'll get past it. I don't see this becoming another Afghanistan, but I'm with you in being um, frantic and furious and frustrated about the amount of money that we're just giving away um, w- without any type of tangible results. Sandra, big shout out to you in Dothan, Alabama, WDBT. And everybody else, we're coming right back. The phone number, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. That's 833-482-5337. 833 valdez That's Valdez with an S. We've seen a lot of polls that show voters aren't that enthusiastic about a Joe Biden re-election. And just last month, CNN had a poll that found 75% of Democratic and Democratic-leaning voters want someone else. How do you turn that around? Well, we know that, you know, polls are snapshots in time. um, And we know that it's important that we're not taking anything and any vote for granted um, this election cycle. And so, um, you know, we're excited that we have built, um, you know, an incredible sort of early start to our campaign. Um, The enthusiasm that we're seeing from a broad coalition of supporters, um, whether it's through our national advisory board members and over 50 member board um, of state and local elected officials or through the historic coalition of endorsements that we've received, starting with labor unions and women groups and conservation groups, um, you know, we're really excited to see that kind of enthusiasm. Wow, they've seen so much enthusiasm with Joel Baboso Biden. Somehow I find that very hard to believe. I haven't met anybody, anybody, anybody that says, hey, have you ever met Joe Biden? Did Joe Biden invite you to the White House? There is zero enthusiasm with our guy, Joe El Baboso Biden. I don't believe it on the Democrat side or the Republican side. I don't think independents are even interested in meeting the guy. And this is very evident. Every event he's had has been poorly attended. Even when he throws parties in the White House, you only get a really um, serious crowd when he invites Obama, right? (laughs) President Obama showed up and it was like, who's Joe? Joe who? What? What's going on? So uh, he definitely showed him up. 
Anyway, I want to get to your calls. We got calls from all across the country right now. South Carolina, Montana, Oregon, Wisconsin, Ohio, Arizona. What what a great representation of this beautiful nation. And we're going to go straight over here. Where was this call that I, I was coming in right here? Um, Canton, Ohio, W-I-N-R. Uh, Kelly's on the line. Go right ahead, Kelly. You're on with Rich Valdez. Welcome. Hey, thank you. Uh, thank you, sir. Hey, uh, hey, you're on speaker. So get off speaker and I'll come back to you. So that way everybody in America could hear you well. Let's go to Justin in Charleston, South Carolina on WTMA. Justin, what's up, man? You're on with Rich Valdez. Go ahead. Justin, going once, going twice. What is going on here? Let's go back to Kelly in Canton, Ohio. Hopefully he's off speaker by now. Kelly, go right ahead. Yeah, I'm off speaker. Am I coming in okay? Sounding loud and clear like you're broadcasting from the studio. Go for it. Oh, hey, uh, you know, my uh, electric rate just doubled. It doubled my electric rate. So, and, and that's what happens when you get the Pentagon running the whole, the whole show. Yeah. What do you think about the enthusiasm for Joe Biden? Don't care much. He's already done the damage. He's, he's Pinocchio Joe. You know, yes. So where do you think we go from here? Who becomes the nominee? Who becomes the next president? Oh, Michael Pence. And what are you basing that on? Is that a gut feeling? Is that you're just your own crystal ball prediction? Uh, what's your your um, your play by play on that? Well, he's, there's there's a number of different things I call that shot on. OK, mm-hmm. he he. Okay, he he's an up, upstanding guy. And, upstanding and, guy, the and, guy that's uh, a, about to be subpoenaed, whose son and daughter are both um, addicts, and he's being questioned right now for $20 million in potential bribes. This is the upstanding guy you're talking about? I Joe Biden? Or are you talking about Mike Pence? Slide, I, yeah, I think he'll slide through that. I, th- I think I think he'll slide through that. I think they'll slide him through all that, and and I think that's with the voter fraud and the voting machines. And uh, well, that's a different story. Yeah. You could be anybody you want, and and if you're going to cheat on an election, that's that's a whole different point. But I, I think with with Mike Pence, just I don't I don't know that um, you know, uh, a good haircut and a smile gets you through anything when you're dealing with with the. Um, nefarious Biden family. I, I, it seems to me like a, a very, very difficult um, win for him. I also don't see how he brings the Republican Party together, right? This is a party that is very Trump-leaning, and, or I should say America-first-leaning, and I don't know that he's he's been touting those policies. If anything, the only headlines he's made in the last couple of weeks have been him saying, well, I think Trump is wrong for this and wrong for that and blah, 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 and it, he's digging himself a hole. Just like anybody else who's, you know, um, going to go to Trump's base and say bad things about him. You, you've got to be really, really eloquent, right, to figure out how you're going to insult. You know, it's like, hey, listen, you know, I know you guys like this guy, but let me tell you why he sucks. <laughs> it, it, you've got to be really smooth with it. And I don't think it's working out for, for Mike Pence right now. And the polls uh, seem to be indicating that. But thank you, Kelly. I appreciate it. Uh, big shout out to you and everybody on WINR in Ohio. We're going to keep it moving here. 
Let's go to, where do we go from here? We go to Arizona and check in with our man, Pat. Pat in Sedona, Arizona, listening online to KNFO. Pat, go right ahead. Hey, uh, Rich, how you doing? Um, I just brother. wanted to call up and talk about that disaster in Maui. And oh, I yeah. used to, I used to, I used to live there where that happened. Oh wow! And, and I lived there. Well, it was it was a good twenty years ago. But the uh, natural, I know, I don't know if they fixed their disaster because we had a tsunami scare one afternoon. It was a Saturday afternoon, and it was downtown Lahaina, right where all that buildings are blackened and burned. And I was just sitting there uh, watching. Um, the uh, surfers, and next thing I knew, I heard the the uh, the siren, like air raid sirens, but yeah. these weren't. These were national. What, what are the sirens for? For like volcanoes? Well, they 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 are volcanoes on the other side where uh, Mal, where Lahaina is is uh, more towards Honolulu, and mm. there was a tsunami coming because they had an under underground. Oh earthquake. yeah, you get that around there and, too. Sure. And they, the police, the fire department dropped the ball so bad. People were getting hurt because they were trying to get the heck out and get head for the hills. Because, you know, the, the middle of the mountain is a, is a mountain, you know, it's a hill. So everybody was running out there and there was no organization to anything. And this thing that happened with the fire, you know, fire works really fast. So you can't really blame the, the the you know the first responders because you know before they knew what was happening probably most of the town was in fire and those yeah you know Pat just right let me next- jump in here real quick I saw the video yesterday it was breathtaking and not in a good way like I was left like gasping uh, when I saw this fire it, this fire looked like a tornado of fire ripping through a town and every house and store and car in its way was just scorched and i've never seen anything like that in my life it was you know when you hear wildfire i think everybody thinks you know some sort of forest fire but this is no forest fire right this this ripped this town apart and um uh, while i was getting a a call from one of our listeners in hawaii and it it was just so remarkable uh you know so when you're telling me you live there and that you know you get the geography uh, i totally relate uh because it, it was just such a awe-inspiring, and again, I was in awe, but not in a good way. I was shocked. You know, it was just really, just um, really sad, Pat. Because, you know, in in the old days, now they haven't done this because the sugarcane plant in the town has shut down. I think it's been about 15 years since that's been closed. They used to burn the sugarcane in the the spring as part of their planting. You know, they burn out the old stuff and, and then the new stuff grows in. So, it, you know they had they had techniques to control fire so it didn't overtake the town now the town was built as an old sailing town where they used to go out and get you know whales and stuff and the uh, the t- the buildings were all built right next to each other and they're all wood this was something that was probably going to happen now i didn't think when i lived there that it would right. but it it did and you're right. And the first thing they talked about on the news report was global warming, uh, the, this, this storm, 
They caused this, the global warming. I mean, they wanted to blame it on the environment. It's partial their fault. Pat, listen, this is about the environment. This is about guys like you. This is about guys like Trump. Everything's burning because of the Republicans. Don't you know anything? Pat, thanks, you, brother. You are the best. Good to hear your voice, my man. Folks, we're coming right back to your calls and more. We've got calls from all across the country. If you want to join us, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. I am that Valdez. Get me at, uh, at Rich Valdez on social media. Coming right back. With Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. The immigration system in this nation is broken. It has been broken for decades. We're also asking the federal government to declare a state of emergency. This will allow federal funds to be allocated quickly to help address the urgent challenges we face. All right, America. So obviously we're this is uh, the president of the Mensa Club, uh, the genius Eric Adams. Right. He's saying that America's immigration system is broken. No kidding, Sherlock. I mean, (laughs) unbelievable. Anyway. Uh, You know, I mean, it's as if he didn't listen when he was campaigning to every Republican that was criticizing him, saying, look, you can't have unchecked illegal immigration in the city or anywhere else because it will destroy the city. It'll destroy the economy. It'll destroy this country. But lo and behold, here we are. And you know why? Because Eric Adams own constituents, people that, you know, when we had the guest on last night, I think Jackie Toberoff. She was saying that the services aren't available. That's right. So if you're a poor person, if you're someone that's dealing with an addiction, if you're someone that needs help in New York City, guess who's not getting it? You. You're not getting it. Why? Because someone else that just came to the United States with, without um, the proper documentation and whatnot, they're taking the place of the citizens that actually need that support. So the people in the city who voted this guy into office versus the people who can't vote for him because they don't they don't have the right to vote are being displaced, right? Voters are being displaced by non-voters. And, and Eric Adams is upset about that because he realizes all this nice stuff I do for you. I can't win if my people turn against me because of you. So now he says the system is broken and the migrant crisis in New York city is a national issue. That's a quote unquote right there from mayor Eric Adams. I think this is so ridiculous um, but this is where we're at. And, and, and it's, it's, uh, in my opinion, it's, it's laughable, but it's sad. Let's go to Pendleton, Oregon, K U M A and check in with our buddy, Michael, Michael, what say you about mayor Eric Adams and his newly found decision to not be a sanctuary city and say no mas to illegal immigration in New York city? Well, I didn't think I'd hear him say that, Rich. Hey, it's great to talk to you. I, uh, got, you. I'm back Likewise. to my normal work schedule. I 
had to work late for a while for a stretch, and I wasn't getting home till after 9.30 my time, uh, 12.30 your time. So, yeah, it's great to call in again. Um, you know, my mom was from there, and I, I still, you know, have a connection with New York City. I care a lot about New York City, but I think it's sad what's happened there, uh, Rich. And, you know, um, we have a sanctuary city couple of them out in the northwest here, Portland, Seattle, and they claim they're sanctuary cities. And then the governors, you know, they're criticizing the governors, uh, Texas and uh, the southern states down there, Arizona, um, you know, sending uh, Florida, of course, Ron DeSantis, sending people to the cities, but they're getting so many um, refugees, uh, you know, uh, aliens coming in. They're just flooded with them, and it's just a small percentage that's going to these cities, um, you know. And so, uh, yes, that is news to me, um, the New York City mayor saying that. Yeah. Now, I know you have a girlfriend that's in Ukraine. Uh, what's the latest update from her? Well, uh, yeah, Rich, uh, you know, we're you know talking about getting married. I, I want to visit her. I've known her for over three Congratulations. years. I'm saving up the money. Well, thanks, Rich. She's she's a wonderful lady, um, and um, yeah, she runs farm with her sister. Never been married, and I've never been married. <laughs> Come close a couple times, um, and mm-hmm. the thing is, you know, uh, I get reports every day from her and her friends that are in the bigger cities. Um, what's a little unfair to me? I was telling the call screener; he's very nice. Um, Rich, to me, it's a little bit um, like a bully that's hitting somebody. And you're not allowed to hit the bully back. Um, I mean, they're getting hit by missile attacks all the time. Your friends are, you know, explaining what happens in those cities. Um, you know, what if Russia was hitting those missile attacks on their cities and had that damage? Right. I realize, you know, you don't want you don't want to escalate the war in that direction. And I I'm all for a peaceful settlement. But you know, that's the thing. You know, nobody said war is fair. But I mean, that's the thing. That's a little unfair to me. Um, you know, you are in. You're at the top of my uh, my list of top five talk show hosts. You and oh, um, you. a guy named Brian uh, Kilmeade. And um, I know Jimmy Brian Kilmeade. The morning. Uh, uh, yes, yes. And Jimmy Fallon used to be a taxi driver in New York City. Yeah, we had, had Jimmy Fallon on on on, the, on this program about a week ago. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry I missed that. Probably because yeah, of he's work. he's um, incredibly and, funny. He is. He's remarkable, along with Billy Cunningham. Uh, oh, my gosh, you know, the great American Billy Cunningham. He's terrific. I've worked with him when I used to work with Mark Levin, and he was an occasional substitute. Yeah. He's a, one of the best talk show hosts in the business. Yes, and my number two, uh, the, the guy that's after to you, uh, Rich, is George Norrie with Coast to Coast. He's great. I've talked with him. Uh, he's a great guy also. But um, Brian Kilme had a guest, I wish I could remember his name now, um, and he was saying a great thing about Reagan. Reagan came in after yeah. Vietnam, and we had been involved overseas. Reagan realized the American people didn't want to put troops into a foreign country with a war. They wanted to avoid that. So Reagan uh, was very good at helping a country that was trying to fight for freedom without putting our troops in there. And so, and then he was able to bring down the Soviet Union without having our troops involved. And, you know, he brought up that fact as guest. And so that was a couple of good things about Reagan. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate the update. Uh, Godspeed to you and your girlfriend or future fiance. 
I'm looking forward to hearing those wedding bells. Michael, congratulations in uh, Pendleton, Oregon, KUMA. And we're coming right back to your calls and more. 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. Familia, we are getting hosed. Listen to this. Look, I just a quick search of the news and the Buffalo News, Buffalo, New York, coming out of Albany. Uh, new law enrolls every New York driver into pricier auto insurance coverage. Half of them are going to get no benefit at all because of this new state law. Every driver in New York is positioned to now be automatically enrolled in expanded more expensive auto insurance. I'm pretty sure this happened in, in New Jersey and other places because I, I saw a $100 increase just in a month. And let's see, where else do we go here? Uh, the News and Observer, North Carolina auto insurance rates are going up this fall. So you've got North Carolina rates that are going up, New York rates that are going up, my rates definitely went up. And it's it, it seems to be getting worse, right? It's like no matter what happens with cars, insurance is going to keep going up and it's um i don't know i i i just um it's disconcerting right for a lot of people people are just like uh you know at some point people are going to just say i I don't want a car anymore right and they're going to start to favor the uh the 15 minute city where you can just do everything in one shot Not, not me i want a car i want to be able to drive my car i want to do my thing i want my liberty i want my freedom and i don't want to pay a ton of money for it but that's where we are and the increase in North Carolina, it's the result of a settlement that was reached between insurance companies and state regulators. Um, listen to this. This is a quote from the insurance commissioner in North Carolina. Quote, I've always said no to any rate increases. I am not a fan of rate increases. But at the same time, we have to make sure the insurance companies are solvent, viable. So we maintain a healthy automobile insurance market. Oh, that's great. How about I look out for the drivers in my state? I look out. If these people aren't solvent, then that's their problem. I mean, it's just it's amazing how we just look out for for certain people and never look out for we the people. Uh, I'm just floored by that. Anyway, it says the average driver is going to see a 4.5 percent increase this December and another four and a half percent in um Let's see, in, in within the next two years, so a total of 9% oh, uh, this December and next December over the next two years. Motorcycle liability is going up only by 2.3% in the same dates, right? So this is, um, this is really, really crazy. Now, this is a negotiation uh, that went on. They were originally asking for a 28.4% increase. And that's uh, the, the North Carolina Rate Bureau originally originally requested that rate and that was rejected 
And so they settled at nine. This is absolute insanity. Let's go to La Crosse, Wisconsin, W-I-Z-M. Let's check in with Dave. Dave, what's up? You're on with Rich Valdez. Welcome. Good evening, Rich. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Thank you. I relate my experience uh, concerning uh, car insurance. That's okay. I'd love that. Um, I recently got recently got a notice that they were increasing my car insurance, doubling it basically. I was paying about 130 a month, and they wanted to double it to 260 a month. Well, I made some phone calls and got some quotes, and signed up with a new company. I'm now paying 95 a month, not only for car insurance, but they gave me a bundle that included uh, my apartments and uh, also a storage unit. So I guess my message here is. Uh, if you folks are, are having problems with insurance rates, don't be afraid to uh, shop around. You may be very happy with the results. You know, Dave, I, I love that, and I, I hope that it rings true for me because I would like for that to be the case. I also saw a, um, an advertisement for, uh, I forget which company. I wish I remembered which one, but it was Shaquille O'Neal was the, the pitch man. And I said, I got to call that company. And then it escaped me. I saw it somewhere on social media. But uh, I think you're right. I think the free market ultimately prevails. And if these people in these states, they want to play games, I can go to somebody else in my state, hopefully, and get a better deal. And when it's truly like an interstate or intrastate marketplace, then uh, I think we would do better if, you know, we could shop around really kind of from anywhere. But to date... That is how they do it. But I agree with you. I am going to shop around and try and get a better deal. And we all should uh, because competition brings, you know, brings us the best price. But it's just remarkable to me to see this partnership between the federal government and or the state governments and the the insurer, these, you know, large, large um, insurance companies that I, I don't see them. She says they have to remain solvent. I haven't seen a broke insurance company. I mean, the essence of their business is to make money, right? Everybody pays their premium. And then like, I don't know, some small percentage of people file claims. So it makes all the sense in the world to me that they're making money and they're very solvent. Uh, but you know, that's the story that they give us anyway, Dave in La Crosse, Wisconsin, W I Z M. Thank you. I appreciate that because it's, um, it's obviously good advice and it's encouraging, right? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm at my wits end with auto insurance. Dave. Yeah. If you think about it, uh, if they double the cost of the insurance, even if they lose half their customers, people drop them. They're still making the same amount of money and they're servicing half of the customers. So uh, yep. it does seem like kind of a ripoff to me. So shop around. It's free enterprise. Outstanding. Big shout out again to everybody in WIZM land. Thanks, Dave. And folks, we're coming back to your calls. We've got calls from South Carolina, Montana, and more coming up straight ahead. 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833 482 5337 
with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Val, Rich Valdez, excuse me, on all of the social media. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the speed limit, right? Now, the speed limit in, of all places, Montana has gone up twice. It went from 55 miles an hour to 75 miles an hour, and now it's up to 80 miles an hour. I just don't understand what's going on in Montana. Now, I don't typically, well, I guess I do drive around that fast. And, you know, um, in New York, I think it's 55. In New Jersey, it's 65. Um, if you're cruising the open roads in Montana, you know, waving to Kevin Coster while he's filming Yellowstone, then maybe, or do they do that in Wyoming? Hmm. But either way, um, maybe you're doing, you're doing 80. But it's pretty... Uh, it's pretty quick, right? 75 and 80 is pretty quick. Let's, uh, let's go to our resident expert on Montana. He's in Evergreen, Montana. His name is Frank. He's an OG caller here, KOFI. Frank, you're on with Rich Valdez. Hi. Hi, Rich. Hey, hey uh, brother. Thanks What's for going the on with the speed? It's, well, it's a suggested speed limit. Uh, prudence uh-huh. is probably the best way to look at it. I, I feel safer in the trucking lane myself and let the emergency vehicles take that center lane uh, so people can be rescued. But uh, in this heat, you can get into a lot of trouble. Uh, uh, you know, in fact, even railroads, uh, the, that the steel rails, they buckle under all this heat and the infrastructure crumbles and uh, and you get all sorts of problems. And, yeah, you get derailments, uh, and you get all sorts of craziness that's going yes. on. But, but, but I'm really yes, curious yes. to see why they are suggesting such a high and fast speed limit. Um, I know, like, in the 1970s, Montana, along with Nevada, was one of the last two states that didn't even have a speed limit. And, and now they have one that's, I guess, kind of high. Is it because they're saying, hey, look, we decided to join the club, but we're going to join at this, like, really high rate? Uh, because we didn't want to have one to begin with. Like, what do you think the rationale is, Frank? It's because the interstate system is is controlled in Chicago, and they're the ones that kind of dictate the speed limit. But it's uh, it's a suggested speed limit. But when you're in Chicago and in that area in the Midwestern states, you pretty much have to comply with that higher speed, or you're going to get arrested. Uh, and uh, they don't want you go over the trucking lanes and it's just bumper to bumper trucks. You can't get in that lane. It's uh, but these Midwesterners, they come out here and Eastern coast and the Texas and uh, they all want to get in that condition of yeah. always driving, whatever the speed limit says. And it's, it doesn't work here in Montana. There's quickly pear cactus. There's all sorts of quicksand. If you go off the road, and quicksand, just, jeez. Uh, now, Frank, I want to ask yes, you a question you have, quickly yeah. before we run out of time. Um, there was that talk we had earlier about the, the polls saying that people aren't enthusiastic about Joe Biden. Then some of his surrogates say, no, 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 we've, we're seeing more excitement for Biden than we've ever seen before. Are, are, what's your level of enthusiasm? Does uh, Joe Biden excite you, sir? Not at least. Uh, he's, he's brain dead, period. Uh, I, He's he's gone. He's 
Yeah, that, lamentably. So sad, but, uh, it is sad, but he's still doing a, a heck of a job and making things more expensive, no? In his own mind, but not mine. <laughs> Frank, I want to thank you, brother. I appreciate the call and your insight. You're, you're always a, a great guy to chat with. Frank in Evergreen, Montana, K-O-F-I. Folks, the music means they're kicking us out. I'm sorry to our friends that are on the line. Jane in Saratoga, New York, and Scott in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, WTMA. Uh, Big shout-out to you guys. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully, if you get in early tomorrow, we'll put you at the top of the list to get in for open phones. But hasta la próxima. Until the next time, take care, good night, and God bless. I am Rich Valdez. We're going to do it again tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on the station because there's more to come straight ahead. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.